Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. This is the inaugural version of Smart and Stupid, the newest production of the Family Policy Institute of Washington, where the Backholm brothers discuss culture, politics, and faith in the 21st century. My name is Joseph Backholm, and I am joined today, and maybe tomorrow, depending on how this goes, by my brother, Caleb. This is Caleb. Yep, Caleb, the, the older and the wiser. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Nice to be here. We'll have a fun time, I think. We will. Mom will be proud. <laughs> Hi, As Mom. always. And so we will have one listener, I'm pretty sure, who will be faithful to all of this. Yes. And that and is also the reason we know that this will be a family-friendly program is because we know our mother will be listening. So it will be family-friendly. Family, yeah. very family-friendly. Yes. And Dad will listen in sometimes and give pointers. Yes. Or suggestions. We will get input. But we are here to discuss what's going on in Washington State. And those of you who follow us at the Family Policy Institute of Washington are used to that. And so we are going to cover a handful of things that are going on in the legislative session. And uh, it has been a busy, busy session. As most of you know, the legislature changed majorities in last November, the state Senate did, and a lot of things that are happening um, that we don't consider to be particularly constructive, and we have been alerting the public to these things. This week is no different because there's a couple of hearings. But uh, to start off today's program, I do want to jump into a handful of these um, bills and these issues so that you know what's going on and also know what you can do about it. Now, this week... And then, we, yes. and then I want to tie it into some things going on internationally too and see how it relates from right here in our backyard in Olympia, Washington it, and how it relates across the country and across the whole world. I think it's an interesting tie in at the end. It does feel like there are some, um, some themes around the globe, doesn't it? Some are smart and some are stupid. So it's perfect title and, and so to address all of them. That's why we will be, we will be rendering our verdict as we discuss these subjects and just d determine whether they are smart or whether they are stupid. So yeah, so living here at the fount of some crazy ideas, they're probably going to slot into the stupid category often, but not always. Ho not always. Hopefully we not always. We hope once in a while to come upon something smart. But the first one that we want to talk about today is actually having a hearing this Coming Thursday, February 6th, February 15th is, uh, is Thursday, is House Bill 1523. And it is um, a bill that would require every insurance plan to cover all forms of contraception. And this is similar to another bill, Senate Bill 6219, that has been debated in the legislature as well, that would not only require insurance policies to cover every form of contraception, but also require them to pay for abortions if they are willing to pay for maternity care. Now, House Bill 1523 is having a hearing in the Senate Long Term Health and Long-Term Care Committee this coming Thursday. Um, something very strange about it is that it basically says it requires insurance policies to cover all forms of contraception that were required to be covered under federal law as of December 31st, 2016. 
Why, why that date? It is a great question, one that I am still kind of wrestling with. And we have well, there's actually a national search underway to figure out why this is happening. Because we do know, we all know that, that President Obama was president at the end of 2016. And President Trump was inaugurated in January of 2017. So what this bill does in Washington state is it seeks to go back to some date in the past and it says whatever the case law was, whatever the statutes were on that date, that is the law here in Washington state for all time and eternity. So in theory, 100 years from now, judges would have to roll back the clock to December 31st, 2016, try to figure out what the law was then and say, okay, that's the law now which is a very they want to lock in they want to lock in the obama ideas for the rest of the known future for washington state clearly but what it sounds like why don't you just say this is what we want to do and write it (laughs) that seems easier they could actually just audit okay this is what the law was that day and so we're going to make that the law here in washington state because there's a principle in the law called void for vagueness in which you can challenge a law if and, and the court will determine that a law is not constitutional if a reasonable person couldn't read the law and know what is allowed or not allowed. So how do you, as an insurer, look at a bill that says whatever the law was at the federal level on December 31st, 2016, that's the law here in Washington State. How on earth are you supposed to know what you can and cannot do? So do you have any idea what the reasoning behind that is? I don't. The, the truth is, I don't know. And, and this is also, I mean, we're trying oh, to figure that out. We'll have to find out well, if anybody my, even tries to give an answer in the coming weeks. My guess is that this date, this, this predates all of the things that the Trump administration has done subsequently to extend conscience rights protections to uh, faith-based organizations and businesses and basically saying we're not going to make people do these things. So they want to lock in kind of the, the much, much less tolerant Obama administration rules and say these are the rules here in Washington state without explicitly saying so. So that's my best guess, but I cannot, um, I can't say. uh, It's a weird way to word it. Maybe it's just that way they don't have to actually do all the wording of it. They put the work into for future people. So it's just lazy. Is that your guess? Yeah. Yeah, Whatever Obama said, that's what we're going to do. And let's just move on. It it actually does kind of feel that way. And yeah, you just kind of defer to some. You have to figure out in the future what Obama wanted and whatever that was, then whatever Trump wanted, we don't want that. We're not sure exactly what all those things mean, but we definitely don't want what Trump wants, and we definitely liked what Obama did, so we'll put it down like that and move on. I actually think that's basically what it is. So that bill is going to have a hearing um, this coming Thursday in the Washington State State Senate Health and Long-Term Care Committee. Now, another bill that's having a hearing this Thursday as well is um, Senate Bill... 5598. And this is a little less alarming, but I think it's one that people need to know about. And this has to do with third-party visitation. It's having a hearing in the House Judiciary Committee. And Senate Bill 5598 will allow a court to grant visitation with someone else's child to another relative over the objection of the parents. Now, this most likely, and the people lobbying hardest for this, are grandparents. And 
in some situations, grandparents end up raising their grandchild for a period of time, and then mom and dad either come back into the picture because they either get out of rehab, sometimes they get out of prison, or they're just ready to be parents again. And sometimes there's this conflict between the grandparents and the, and the parents of a child. And so grandparents mostly are looking for a, a, an opportunity to get visitation with their grandchild when the parents have said, no, we don't want them to be with you anymore. It is a fairly high bar and in that it assumes that the decision of the parents is appropriate, but it does give the court's authority to overrule the, the opinion and the decision of the parents and decide that it's in the best interest of the, of the child if the child has visitation with this other relative. So our concern with this is, um, is not as strong as it was with previous bills, which said you can give visitation to any third party. So it could be, you know, your neighbor, your best friend, a soccer coach, any person that has an ongoing and substantial relationship with a child can appeal for visitation, but to a judge or whatever, to a judge, exactly to a judge in court. Um, but this one is narrower, which is better, but I am still slightly concerned with the idea that courts can tell parents can basically overrule a parental decision about their kids uh, without a finding that the parents were unfit. That is a, I think that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a problem. It's not necessarily a crisis because I doubt that it'd actually be abused a lot, but I just don't like the trend. And this isn't for kids who are in foster care or something. This is for kids who are with their parents Correct. or, or how's it? It, it, is, it would only apply in a situation where the parents have been found to be where they're fit. There's not even an allegation of unfitness. It's just some other family member wants to make the case to a judge that it is in that kid's best interest to have visitation with me. And if the judge agrees with them, then the judge will give visitation with that child. Mm. So it is, um, it, I think it's concerning because of the principle involved. I have, I have sat down and talked with grandparents who are very much in support of this, and they have some genuinely sympathetic stories about it, but the principle bothers me a little bit because if the courts now have power to overrule the decisions of fit parents, where can that go? Also, the history of this bill in the Washington State Legislature is important to keep in mind because it did start as third-party visitation, which extended to all sorts of people, including non-relatives, and really was a project of, of the LGBT lobby because they had uh, same-sex partners who were not parents in any way with their ex-partner's kid, and they wanted to continue to have a parent-child-like relationship. And I do believe that's ultimately the objective of this legislation. What we see over and over in, in Olympia is that they, you know, they take what they can get for the moment, but, think that, but they always take the principle and they expand upon it so that I think... If this passes, you're not far at all from having it expanded to the original kind of third-party universe where anybody can go to a court and say, hey, judge, I think it's in the best interest of this kid hangs out with me. And as long as the judge agrees with you, well, then the parents don't have a say. And I hmm. think that's a problem. Yeah. So that's 5598, having a hearing on Thursday as well. Um, and we would encourage you to... Call the legislative hotline about these issues, 1-800-562-6000. That's 1-800-562-6000. Now, a couple other bills that are going to have action. They're not going to have public hearing this week, but they are going to be voted on in the, in the House Health Care and Wellness Committee. 
is Senate Bill 5722, which would make it illegal for minors to get help from therapists for gender dysphoria or unwanted same-sex attraction. The proponents of the bill um, are referred to uh, refer to this as conversion therapy. Caleb, are you familiar with this issue? Yeah, yeah. This is this is the one that where they want to stop them getting all the electric shock treatment yes. and stuff, yes. right? Yes. That is yeah. the, the, the proponents say basically don't abuse kids in an effort to make them not be gay. Everybody agrees child abuse and is that, bad. I assume that most conservative Christians are doing that. Are shocking, shocking people. People. Like, I know that like I I carry a taser with me all the time. Right. Just for that you know, purpose. Just just in case. I'm in the walking down the mall and and I, I see a guy, excuse me, you're, uh, that, that salmon colored shirt looks rather flamboyant to me. And that's, and, and then you figure that see will if help. It, if it, it might help, the taser. it might help keep them. I actually, and I, I assume that everyone else who thinks like me does the same thing right. on a regular basis. Tases people to try to cha- make them change yes. because it's actually pretty good behavior modification, right? I've, I haven't actually seen it work yet, but I'm still but giving it the old college the try. Right. So, yes, I think your point is well taken that, no, I don't think people are actually doing this. I don't think people are doing it randomly in the mall, and I don't think that that, that therapists are actually doing it. Oh, they're not? No. Well, in in the four years that this has been debated in the legislature, they have not yet been able to identify a single therapist in Washington State who does this. Now, what's interesting about the, the hearings is, I mean, in the last hearing we had on this last week, three separate times somebody got up to testify on behalf of someone who couldn't be here today. And it was very sincere and was very sad. So-and-so couldn't be here today, but this is what they wanted me to convey to you. And this is all the horrible things that could happen to them. And what's interesting, it's, you know, courtrooms are very different than the legislature, right? Because virtually nothing that is submitted as testimony in this legislative hearing room would be admitted in court because it's all hearsay. <laughs> it's all hearsay. It's like this person. I heard about a guy had who was walking down the mall and he got tased and he got by some loco and, and so we, his shirt was all flowery. Exactly. And so we should, we should, um, you know, we should ban tasers in malls because of you know people like you who tase people that they think might be different than them. But I, I'm just looking out for their well-being. So come on. But that is, but this is actually. Um, it is a it's a valid point in that no they haven't pre- uh, presented any evidence that they that this has been done. Um, the stories about people that it's happened to are all hearsay, and you can, of course can't cross examine somebody to actually find out what happened. And I've asked very directly, give me a name of somebody. What what county was this in? What city was this in? What decade is this in? And nobody's been able to provide any of that information, which is of course a really good thing because we don't want this stuff to be happening. But this bill uh, then makes all forms of talk therapy um, related to gender dysphoria and sexual orientation illegal um, under the guise of preventing child abuse. Yeah, and that's that's totally that's totally wrong. And that's when we move on to the second part here, I want to tie that in with the idea of restricting not just parenting, but living out your deeply held beliefs in life. And the idea that you can't, and I want to make sure I'm understanding this bill right, because you know this bill better than I do. Um, are they really saying that a parent can't hire a counselor to try to help somebody 
overcome same-sex attraction. Is that is that what it's actually saying? Yes, not just a parent, but the, the kid can't do it themselves. What they're saying it's it's not a it's not a restriction on the parent. It's a restriction on the therapist, and it would say that any therapist who engages in this who helps a child deal with either unwanted same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria is guilty of professional misconduct, and then they could be punished by their professional licensing board. So that's how they deal with it. They're, they're not going to necessarily throw parents in jail for doing that. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, they, can't, yes. they won't be able to hire one, at Correct. least legally, because the Correct. person would have to reject the business. Correct. Yeah, so a, uh, a wedding coordinator has to accept business for a gay wedding, but a therapist has to reject business to help somebody overcome same-sex attraction if they want to. Yes, because equality and fairness and tolerance. Yes, you must accept this type of business, but yes. you must reject this type of business. Otherwise, yeah. it's, 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 it's really totally up to you because yeah. it's a free country. But you have to reject or accept the business yeah. that we tell you you have to reject and accept. Which speaks to the old political adage that that which is not forbidden is compulsory. <laughs> we are... <laughs> The day by day dream. getting closer to that there are no more choices everything no. every choice in your life has been made for you in advance you're welcome you can choose to follow what we say right that's your choice one other bill that actually fits neatly in this uh, in this world of that which is not compulsory is forbidden is senate bill 6219 and that's the one that uh the the um Orwellianly is that a word it's has the Orwellian title of the Reproductive Parity Act saying that if you are willing to pay for a child you willing to pay for insurance that would cover a child's birth you must also be willing to pay to have that child aborted because that's parity now is this parity like p-a-r-o-d-y a parody of an actual bill unfortunately it's but not it's p-a-r-i-t-y it's the actual uh, they, they actually want to make an equality argument saying that it is discriminatory um, to pay for children to be born if you will not pay for the child to be killed so it's not a parody of, of justice of, of itself it's no. it's parody like no. equality and people say it with a straight face and uh, and steve hobbs is the is sponsor of this he you know, he's from he's from up north uh in kind of the everett area um lake stevens and his his argument is this basically puts the hands the decision where it belongs in the hand of the woman and and that's the way they see this is we don't want a woman's access to an abortion to be decided by her boss who decided not to pay for for insurance so we're going to make them all pay for the insurance so uh, and, and here's what the interesting other part of, of this is. It, um, it makes it illegal to charge a copay or a deductible for these particular services. And that would include the, the contraception as well as the um, abortions. So the, your boss has to pay for it. And it is illegal for your boss to charge any kind of copay or deductible, which, of course, is uh, allowed to be charged for basically everything else. That for almost anything else. Almost anything else, yes. I'm not aware. I can't say that it's that it doesn't exist for sure. I'm not aware of any other health benefit that it is illegal to charge a copay for. So this would force businesses to to do this. Yes. Um. Um. Well, force every insurance. It, it covers every insurance policy bought and sold in the state of Washington. So. So birth control is free. To the recipient. To the recipient. Yes. Not not nothing that's actually free in life. I don't know right. if, if everyone's aware of this. I want to make sure our listeners are aware that actually nothing is nothing free in is life free. if people are involved. But it's free to the recipients, and also abortions are free to the recipients. 
Yes, those are the only things that you can get because, you know, the theory is because you have a constitutional right to it, then anything that would slow you down from getting it immediately is a barrier to access and therefore unconstitutional. You apply that to any other constitutional right and it becomes just as stupid as it really is. I mean, right, you you have a right, we all have a second right, second amendment right to bear arms, right? How mm-hmm. many of us feel like we can go make our boss buy us a weapon? Yeah, not many. <laughs> not even the NRA is that the NRA is pretty bold. What would they do if the NRA um, asked proposed legislation for mandatory gun insurance, and you can't pay for copays or deductibles? Yeah, and as an insurance agent, I don't really like the words, the use of the word insurance in these cases because it's not really insurance if you're going to use it for sure, whether it's for a gun purchase or for birth control. That's that's not insurance. That's just getting a product. It's but just socializing an, the cost. Of, that's, of the a different, that's a different conversation maybe. Yes. But the idea that we've turned insurance into a prepaid medical plan is part of what – we'll do, do a podcast on this some other time. But that is part of the problem with health insurance is it's not insurance. It's a prepaid plan that somebody else pays for. Or in, the, in some cases, we pay for ourselves. It just depends. But it's, that's not insurance. But there's and a that's theme. not what this is. But let's note the theme in all of these. So we have 6219, which makes people pay for abortion when they don't want to. We have 5722, which forbids people from getting a kind of therapy they want. And then we have uh, 1523, which forces people to pay for forms of contraception that they don't want to. There is a, um, there's a clear uh, thread here. Tying all of these things yeah. together in the theme running through it, that which is not forbidden is compulsory. Is required. Is required. So, those are some of the legislative updates from this week. If you there's a handful of other bills, but these are the ones that really have momentum right now. And again, the legislative hotline is one eight hundred five six two six thousand. That's one eight hundred five six two six thousand. Even if you don't know who your legislators are, call that number one eight hundred five six two six thousand. Give them your your address and they will with your address tell you who you are represented by and deliver whatever message you want to your elected officials that's the governor both of your representatives as well as your state senator so for the second half of this then those are those are all the bills you wanted to cover yes, right for now yeah and it but it ties in perfectly because the idea that things are required and forbidden is not an american idea America, the Constitution of the United States, is supposed to allow great liberty to the individual to choose what they want to do. And even if the current elected officials don't like what you're doing, they don't get to have a say. You still get to do what you want to do, and they just ignore it or deal with it or whatever. Within with, some bounds, with, but yes. With only some exceptions. That, but, and Now, communism, on the other hand, is the opposite. Economism tells you what you have to do. Everything's owned by the state. You're controlled by the state. You're a ward of the state. Like North Korea and the USSR, China. Speaking China's, of North Korea, aren't we kind of like, aren't we supposed to like North Korea now? Now that they're such- well, they're doing the, that. Really nice lady came to the Olympics. Yes, and she uh, she looked askew at uh, Vice President Pence, and so that's a plus. So now we're supposed to like like the North Koreans because they're giving the the, uh, 
hairy eye ball. What was the the what's the, the an, are, are you going to say the enemy of my enemy is my friend? Yeah, I mean honestly, yes. like the the degree <laughs> to which like and and you know I've I was I was not the leader of the of the Donald Trump fan club, but no, the degree to which the left has built up the boogeyman of Donald Trump makes me wonder the, if there's a if there was ever a war between North Korea and the United States. Who Whose side with? would they be on? Well, do you remember Hitler in the 19th? Was it 1936? The, I think it was the, 1936. Yes. I mean, he was at the Olympic Games trying to push and promote Germany with this this right whole, whole well, new right. It was the, in Berlin, so he. Yeah, it was. But how wonderful was the, Hitler there? And not very is the answer to that. He was not very wonderful at all. And this lady, who is a dictator, she isn't a nice lady. She's overseeing the execution of people. She is in in authority. She's the propaganda ministry, right? This is this is Goebbels. This is the North Korean version of Goebbels. Yeah, she does all the propaganda for the North Korean government. And the idea that anybody in the U.S. is falling for this of how they kill their people, they have Nazi concentration camps. In North Korea, of course, they're not called Nazi, but who cares? It's a different name, but what's going on there is the same. They're hideous, horrible people. And the idea that people hate Trump so much that they're saying, well, at least you don't like Trump, so you can't be all bad. Yeah, they can be all bad. In fact, they, they are. They actually are. And and I yeah, yeah. I think I think I think this is a is a great doing a great job of kind of illuminating the hysteria that 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 exists in like American political discourse where we no longer know the difference between somebody we disagree with and somebody who's legitimately an enemy because right. all of this like anti-fascism, your speech is hate, everything you say is an existential threat to humanity. Now they can't, th- there's, no, there's nowhere to escalate when you, when you deal with somebody who actually <laughs> is an existential threat to humanity, <laughs> right? Because they say that about somebody who's, who tweets things that they don't like. Yeah, Trump's the worst thing in the world. It's like, where do you go from there? What do you actually come across the worst there's, thing in the world? And up, what do you call them? What do you? And 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 what it, what's weird is that there does seem to be some like general genuine sympathy because they hate the person that they because North Koreans hate the people that we hate. Yeah, and that's twisted. Yeah, you don't like Trump either, but well, yeah, it's so. Let's look at this this idea with communism. And you know that every communist country has religious freedom written into their laws. I did not know this. They do. They're all. So they're super tolerant too. They are super tolerant in writing. They are. And if you're okay with tolerance in writing, then you will love communism. Because in 1999, China was sick and tired of hearing about how bad they are with their religious tolerance. So they issued this long proclamation that I have on my screen in front of me right now. I'm not going to read the entire thing. I'm hardly going to read any of it, actually. But uh, I'm going to read a couple bits. And you're supposed – got to tell me because you haven't seen this yet. Yes. You tell me, is this coming from communist China or is this coming from a U.S. government official? Okay. And I'll read a few, a few of them off here. Okay. And just see – See the dif- the difference here. Uh, so, one of them here. 
appropriate religious activities in ritual places should be protected by the law. And no group or individual may infringe on religious people's legitimate rights or intervene in their affairs. I'm going to read it again. Uh, no, I, I think I'm going to go with I'm going to go with China just because I have I don't recognize that particular language. And so I, I figure it's not from the U.S. That is that is a good guess. And that is right. That is correct. Appropriate religious activities should be protected by the law. Perfect. That's what it says. Ding, 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 ding. Right there. Now, I guess you got the word appropriate in there. Whatever and that so means. that means absolutely nothing. There's a lot of wiggle room in, in the inappropriate. That's true. If the lawyers want to argue about that. This is inappropriate. You die. You know, it's, that's, that's the yeah. out. Okay. But okay. at least it's there. It's, at least it's there. Appropriate religious activities uh-huh. are there. Now, this one... Uh, you might you might recognize, but um, it says personal, religious, and moral beliefs have limits. In short, it is the price of citizenship. Yes, personal, religious, and moral beliefs have limits. It I, is the price of citizenship. I believe that is the New Mexico Supreme Court. It is indeed yes. the New Mexico Supreme Court, which seems a lot more less inclusive than the communist statement that I gave with the exception of the word appropriate. And uh, let's remind people of the context of that New Mexico Supreme Court decision was when they decided that some photographers uh, could be fined for declining to take pictures of a same-sex wedding. So they got fined $6,600 in New Mexico because they turned down a business contract and the state of the state of New Mexico said it's okay to fine you because being forced to do things you don't want to do is the price of citizenship. Yes, and let me read one more sentence in okay. here, that because uh, I, I left a sentence out because it would give it away to obviously where it was. But personal, religious, and moral beliefs have constitutional limits. The Huguenins, which is the family, have to have to channel their conduct, not their beliefs, so as to leave space for other Americans. So it's they said, you don't have to channel your beliefs. You can believe whatever you want, and you'll find that to be a theme through the next two or three things here. You can believe whatever you want, but you have to channel your conduct into the way we say, in short. So it's a leave space for other Americans who believe something different. Of course, they did leave space. No one was required to have their picture taken by the Huguenins. They gave plenty of opportunity for them to get their picture taken there or elsewhere. But it's, it's easier to say that than it is to say that you have to leave space for other Americans to do whatever they want. That's not what they meant. They meant you can believe what you want to believe, but you have to do what we say you have to do. We are ultimately the authority. Because here. equality and tolerance. Yeah. And so let me read this next next line. Very simple. The, the people have the right to believe in religion, a right protected by law. But the role of the law is to standardize social behavior. The role of the law is to standardize social behavior. That could be right. – Kind of any progressive today. The, the people have the right to believe in religion, a right protected by law, but the role of the law is to standardize social behavior. That could be, that could be Nancy Pelosi or that could be the Chinese communists. Yeah, I left one word out. The word I left out was the Chinese people have the right to believe in religion, a right protected by Chinese law. But the role of the law is to standardize social behavior. So this is exact, almost word for word with the same idea. What the, you have the right to believe in religion, it says. That's the exact phraseology. 
But the rule of the law is to standardize social behavior. So you can right. believe what you want, but your behavior is will be right. what we say your behavior is. And let, let's keep in mind how inconsistent this is with the actual language of the First Amendment, which says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The First okay, Amendment— Okay, that was my last one. You, you stole th- my thunder just, there. But yeah, that oh, is that's exactly right. But it, it automatically takes you there. If you're thinking that, let's, yes. that's why you stole my thunder, because it immediately takes you there. The free exercise of religion, the behavior is what's protected in the First Amendment. Not the thought process. As if government can get inside your head and tell you what to think, right? Yeah, I since mean, we can't tell you what to think yet, we, we haven't won't. figured out how to control your brain, we'll let you think whatever you want. However, once we figure out yeah. how to control your brain waves, rest assured, we're <laughs> going to be taking that over too. But for now, we're just going to take over your behavior. Inmates in Auschwitz had that kind of religious freedom because, yeah. of course, nobody could tell them what to think, but we could, could tell you what to do, <laughs> right? We can't figure out how to do it anyway, so in our great benevolence, feel free to make control of your mind if you want. But what really matters is the behavior, and this actually applies to Christians, where James says, faith without works is dead. James said the same thing. You can pretend you have faith, you can say you have faith, but if you don't have any behavior, if you don't have any action behind that, your faith is dead. And that is a critical point for Christians in law, is that the law, ideally, when if God's kingdom has come on earth, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth is in, is in heaven. When God's will is done on earth, people have the ability for their behavior to reflect what they believe. Right. And, and, that's, and, and that's why I think it's important to, to recognize and understand that— the, the point you just made was understood by those who wrote the First Amendment, which is why they protected the free exercise of religion and not simply the mere right to belief. And, and we've talked about this a lot um, you know, over the years in, in kind of our work on religious freedom here, that the, the big shift that has happened between the left and the right on religious freedom is that everybody used to celebrate and agree that we believe in the uh, freedom of religion. And now what they what they talk about and, and Obama talked about this a lot. Hillary did this. The language has changed where they now talk about the freedom of worship. They support the freedom of worship, but they don't support the free exercise of religion. And the difference is the freedom of worship happens inside your church on Sunday or Saturday or whenever you go to your your, your church or synagogue. But the free exercise of religion happens everywhere. And that is an intentional shift. It's, it's an acknowledged shift that the left has made where they don't believe that we as believers or even people as non-believers have a right to live out their convictions outside their brain space or maybe their 501c3 organization. Right. So you can believe what you want to believe and you can, you can even go to church. And actually, that ties in with communist China where they say they allow people to go to church. Right. They have their allowed services and you may have heard that they destroyed a church a few weeks ago in China yes. because they didn't get the proper permits, although they built it years ago. Uh, they said the church was a danger to them. They were teaching dangerous ideas, which is entirely true because Christianity is dangerous to communism. But because we teach exactly what we're saying right here, this is what Christians teach. You have the freedom to live your life according to what God tells you to do, and your behavior should do what God says, not what the government says, which is an, a complete threat to communism and the antecedents thereof, like socialism and current leftism in, the, in, in America. But they tore down this church, 
because they weren't following what they wanted. They dynamited the whole thing. Luckily, as far as I can tell, everybody was out of the church. It doesn't look like it was a, it was a massacre, which is, which is better. But still, the idea that you weren't going to an approved church, but you still have the freedom to go to church. They would still say that. They would still say Christians still have the freedom to go to church. You just can't go to that one because that one— Because we blow it up. You can't go to that <laughs> one anymore blown up. because it's not Otherwise even you, there. You totally could if it was still there. What Sorry are you complaining about, about? We haven't taken yeah. away your freedom. We just blew up your church. But keep going. <laughs> By all means, exercise your religion. So, yeah. I don't think we're blowing up churches yet, but uh, at least not literally. But figuratively, there is certainly an assault. I mean, because when we talk about these abortion insurance mandates and all these things— um, they, in nationally, we saw this during the Obama administration. These regulations did apply to people who were, you know, religious organizations, faith-based organizations. The therapy ban that we just spoke about um, would apply inside churches. If you are, if you are a licensed therapist, it doesn't matter if you're an ordained minister. It doesn't matter if you work for a church counseling center and all your work is done inside the walls of a church and, and, and all your counseling is done in a way that's consistent with your church's teaching, they will still, the state would still punish you as a professional for and that's, having conversations that they disapprove of. That's a huge affront to Christianity. It, it is. The idea that a parent or a, a, a person, a Christian in general, can't live out that part because there are a lot of Christians. The majority of Christians believe that homosexuality is outside of God's design. Homosexual behavior is. And the temptation is also outside of God's design. And like anything else in the Christian life, if, if we find something that God doesn't want us to do, but we still want to do it, how do we then respond? And this this doesn't just apply to, to people who are, are same-sex attracted or homosexual. This applies to every Christian who has ever lived. All of us have something we want that God doesn't want for us. And we see that in the Bible, or we know that. We say, okay, I see that this temptation I have is not from God. It's not something I'm supposed to do. So I need to figure out a way with with other with fellowship with other believers, with, my, with a pastor, with a counselor. How do I best deal with with this temptation that I have that isn't something that God wants for me. And a lot of Christians believe that homosexuality fits inside of that. Some don't, and some non-Christians, of course, don't believe that either. And that's, that's their right to believe as they see fit. But the difference is the government, with this bill specifically, is telling a Christian parent, you know, we know that you think that homosexual behavior is outside of God's plan. And your child even believes that, but your child is still having this uh, feelings of same-sex attraction. You are not allowed to try to steer them toward what you see as God's plan for their life, which is not living a homosexual lifestyle. You must allow them to go to something that you think is not God's plan specifically. And you have to then choose specifically between the state of Washington telling you, you must do this, and God telling you, you must not do that. That's not a place that the government should ever be in the United States. And, and think about the specific implication of this bill outside of same-sex attraction, because it also applies to gender identity issues. And so it would tell a 13-year-old boy who wants to be a boy but experiences gender dysphoria, it is illegal for a therapist to help that boy grow in his masculinity and come to identify as a man. And be comfortable as a, as a boy. Yes. If the boy says, you know, I'm experiencing this, but I think it would be better for me if I lived my life and came to identify as a man, can you help me do that? The therapist 
would only be allowed to help that boy become a girl. That would be the That's only ridiculous. legal option. And why? And it is particularly perverse in the gender identity arena because everybody's literature says somewhere between seventy-five and ninety percent of ninety-five percent of kids who experience experience gender dysphoria outgrow it eventually on their yeah. own. But the this old, bill has to be defeated. It probably will not be. I mean, it's. I mean, there's not now nine states who have done this, and that's that's. I mean, right now the momentum is on its side, which is why people do have to respond. It is. It is so harmful, not just to religious freedom, you know, abstractly, but to the actual kids who are going to be, who, who whose lives will be ruined because nobody was allowed to tell them the truth, and the state actually got in the way of them finding wholeness. Yeah. The idea that you have to choose, though, between if you are convinced that God is telling you boys cannot change and become girls and girls cannot change and become boys. And and the state tells, you, no, you may not instruct them that. Yes. You have to tell them otherwise. Be- then you have to choose between following the law and following God. And the idea that that would happen outside of a complete communist country is absurd but here we're seeing it. Yeah. Well, and, and there are, again, now nine, nine states that have adopted these. The good news is that they're almost certainly unenforceable because it refers to a, 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 the definition of conversion, a ther- conversion therapy applies to nothing that anybody knows about. So as a legal matter, it would be very easy for practitioners who want to help kids get around it. Um, that's kind of the good news. The reality is kind of the, the, the brief politics behind this. The only reason they're passing this, because as we talked about earlier, there's nobody actually doing this in Washington state. There are no exam. There are no modern examples of any kids being tortured by therapists. And we're all glad for that. The real reason they want to do this is the Democrats want to get Republicans to vote against this bill so that in the fall they can run campaign advertisements saying that so-and-so supports the torture of gay kids. <laughs> That's really why this bill is being run. And, and that's kind of the, the, the politics behind it because they know it's not happening. You ask them and they can't find anybody. They're actually kind except of embarrassed. Me. Well, except, except for me except when, I, when you tase people in the I, mall. When I tase people in the yes. mall. But beyond you, they know it's not happening. But that really, I mean, and they've made this a legislative priority, not because they actually have a sincere concern for like stopping this, I don't think, but this is just loading their campaign cannons. And that's the that's the part that so many people miss. Uh, the First Amendment does lose in all of this, but it's it's probably just raw politics like that. And you got to hope eventually this would be struck down at the Supreme Court. I mean, an infringement on freedom of speech, freedom of religion, self determination. I mean, every every major right we have that's protected is basically being assaulted full on with, with nonsense point. legislation. Like you cannot tell somebody. That you want to stay a boy if you're a boy. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That's all we got for today, folks. Thank you for joining us on our inaugural version of Smart and Stupid. I don't know if this was Smart and Stupid, but some of these ideas were. I think all these ideas, frankly, fall into stupid. All these ones? That's that's my verdict. Except for the First Amendment. You brought that one up. The First Amendment is pretty smart. And that's what we will continue to defend. So, thanks for being with us. We will see you next time. The Smart and Stupid Podcast is a production of the Family Policy Institute of Washington. Follow us on Twitter at FPIW, online at facebook.com backslash family policy, and at FPIW.org.